humans and as we grow older and as we become only slightly better at controlling our physical responses the hand clamped over the mouth becomes a lighter touch it's the same with the nose actually in different parts of the head in general there is it seems a reflex to touch areas of the head when lying there's also medical evidence to suggest that the capillaries of the nose become inflamed with blood when we lie and that makes us even more susceptible to itching it and touching it at these times you can also look at someone's eye position to tell if they're lying. I have a friend who is married to someone with a very impressive wine collection. She recently came over to dinner and brought a bottle of wine. I asked her teasingly if she'd lazily taken it out of her husband's collection rather than purchasing it herself. She said, of course not, Tony. I bought it at the local supermarket on the way over here. And as she did this, I looked very closely at where her eyes went. As a rule, as you look at someone, they will look upwards or level and to the right when they're remembering something, and upwards or level and to the left when they're imagining something. Remember the R's, right and remembered, as you look at them. This seems to be consistent for all right-handed people, and many left-handed people as well. My friend said she stopped at the local supermarket to buy the wine, as she very clearly looked upwards and to the left as I looked at her. So I was pretty sure, along with other non-verbal signs, that I knew. And she soon laughingly admitted that she was fibbing. The wine, by the way, was delicious and tasted all the better for the fact that I'd found such an amusing way to catch her out. These are fleeting eye movements that may be a split second. And there's also a school of thought that says that liars sometimes look you directly in the eyes for as long as they can. People think that gaze aversion is a sign of lying. It's not. Somebody who's lying may often look you far more directly in the eye to give the impression they're telling the truth. When this happens, there's still likely to be the fleeting and giveaway eye movement first, followed by the stare. And you also might like to look at what I call congruence, which I think is really important in all body language analysis, not just spotting the liar. Does their body language match their words? Is the language confident, but the body movement betraying signs of nerves, for instance? Because remember, 55% of all communication is unspoken, whereas only 7% is through the actual choice of words. Bill Clinton was under great pressure during his testimony to the grand jury, as you can see from the videotapes. During it, his hand raised to touch his nose 26 times. As you now know, that is a significant indicator that a lie is being told. But what were the other signs? Researchers at the Smell and Taste Foundation in Chicago found when comparing his truthful answers and his untruthful ones, there was a 268% reduction in blinking. Remember what I told you about the direct gaze? And in the same comparison, a big increase in hand-to-face touching as well. So when you're working out if someone is telling the truth, you may want to spend more time focusing on what you can see as it'll provide better evidence. Secret number two is how to deal with someone who intimidates you and also how to get one over on them. You may remember the great tennis player, Stefan Edberg, who was technically one of the very best in his sport. Early in his career, it wasn't really quite working out for him. He had a brilliant eye for the ball and opponents used to admire his skill and seeming ease and grace with which he played the game. But he was an introverted character. I suppose you could say he was just one of life's nice guys. That was just Stefan. He wasn't the life and soul of the party and he didn't want to be. At the best of times, he didn't have a particularly imposing presence about him. He just kind of got on with it. And when the pressure was off, he was capable of awe-inspiring displays of tennis and made it look really easy. And when the pressure was off, his body language was never particularly positive, but it was relaxed. However, in the big finals, in the high-pressure situations, he'd seize up. Or rather, his fairly submissive body language got even worse. As soon as his opponent got ahead, he could feel himself being dominated and almost intimidated by him. 
The crowd would see his shoulders hunch and his head literally hang as he moped around the court and he didn't know how to bounce back. Of course, there's nothing wrong with being shy, but sometimes you might want to know how to deal with people in everyday life when you're intimidated. And how do you turn that everyday situation around to your advantage? Well, first you have the alpha male handshake. All right, it's a bit naughty, but you know, if they're intimidating you, I think it's justified. And then you want to use everything in your power to shake them off, right? Now, girls, you can actually use this too, but it's more one that guys might use. Ever notice some people going for a handshake with their hand extended outwards, palm tilted very much downwards at 45 degrees or sometimes more? That's the alpha male handshake. Palms downwards is dominant and aggressive, whereas palms up is passive and submissive. So when you go in for the handshake next time, palm down, at an unconscious level, you will be the aggressor. Remember James seeing his boss for the pay rise? The first thing the boss did was the palm down alpha male handshake. James's boss succeeded in instantly intimidating him.